0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod. where decks are not optimized, but are plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And welcome to episode 70. 7-0. Seven, 7 No wonder zero. I'm falling over myself. Uh, happy summer, everyone. We just had 4th of July, Independence Day, for those in the States. And a couple days before that, Canada Day. Hey, hey! Happy Canada Day, Bruce.
1: Well, thank you, thank you, and happy 4th of July
0: to you. Mmm. Uh... Thanks, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i sure I spent it just kind of sitting there and uh, watching TV. Speaking of Canada Day, this is our finale. Yeah, that didn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> and as with all finales. Uh, season. Season, season, finale. season finales. Uh, as with all of our season finales, we come up with a challenge. Uh, last week we had said, we're going to do this right. We're gonna make this Canada Day. So we used that and a little bit of the the meta going on and we were like you know what let's make this a Boros deck using uh, a legendary creature that says choose a background and a background as your commander. Yeah. So red and white, uh, easy because each of them are one color and the other one's the other color. Yeah. Uh, we surprisingly chose inverse Yes. I, I chose a red creature and a white enchantment, and you, uh, you chose a white creature and a red enchantment. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very Canada. We got some decks for you. We're going to go with Bruce's first. Sure. Um, because
1: save the best for first. Uh, well, let's see about that. Uh, uh, okay. So anyways, okay. So my commander. Uh, for my commander, I chose Ellen Harbury's Busybody. Um, I didn't choose this particularly because I thought she was Canadian in any way it just I like what the what the creature does so Ellen Harbury's busybody so Ellen Harbury's busybody uh, a 2-4 creature she's a human peasant Uh, you can her ability is tap look at the top X cards of your library where X is the number of tokens you created this turn put one of those cards into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order And then it says choose a background
0: Hmm.
1: um i chose ellen harbury's primarily because well i'm a sucker for tokens Uh, i also like the idea that i mean most of the time you're probably going to want to tap this on your turn because that's when you that's when you're going to make most of the tokens but i did make an effort to find a lot of uh token producers that could produce tokens on other people's turns with the idea being i would rather not tap her until (laughs) yeah until right before my turn uh you know a two four creature is probably not something i'm going to swing with but it wouldn't be bad to block with so anyways that's ellen harbury's busybody and the legendary enchantment background i chose was popular entertainer uh for one in a red uh this enchantment reads commander creatures you own have whenever one or more creatures you control uh, deal combat damage to a player goad target creature that player controls now i did choose this one to follow the canada theme yeah primarily because i decided i have decided that goad is a very canadian kind of thing kind of theme yeah um canada is known to be uh, a diplomat on the world stage um canada as a country is not known to be uh uh, an aggressive fighting force (laughs) um canada had a good showing in the world wars but uh um primarily as a a smaller unit so um i I wanted to focus more on the the diplomacy side so i built a deck that uses goad a lot yeah probably too much but i like the idea and really wanted to really wanted to run with that so
0: I had thought about using this one as well, if only for the entertainer aspect. I mean, right. we we have a lot of celebrities from Canada. We have a lot of, I mean, magic podcasters from Canada. Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you know, you've got places like Toronto and Vancouver, which are hubs of, of fi- the film industry. Right. Um, for
1: tax write-offs and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so, the other it's, part, a, it's a good one. Yeah, and the other part for this was... If Ellen Harbry's is is giving me card draw for tokens, well, if a lot of my tokens that I create are creatures, then in theory that should work. Also work with the popular entertainer uh, because whenever one or more creatures I control deal combat damage, well, if I'm attacking with five token creatures, mm. uh, they're the one. You know, that's how I'm going to be dealing damage. So I thought that was sort of how I wanted to go.
0: Yeah. Um, what I do find. Unfortunate about this is that it's one or more. So, yeah. like, if you have five and five get through on one player, you get to goad one creature. Yeah. But if you split it up, obviously you get to goad a creature from each creature. I mean, from each player. And if you have double strike or whatever, then
1: great. Right. So <clears throat> that's fine. I'm not worried about uh, multiple goads with my creatures. If you look at the deck, I have eleven eleven cards. <laughs> In addition to the background th- that goad in some way, and some of them are are sorceries, but a lot of them will do this repeatedly, turn after turn. So, so we can go down that route. <clears throat> Before I get into individual cards, though, um, so goad was one thing. Um, obviously, I have a number of cards that create tokens, and I tried with my token creation, with my ramp, and with my card draw. It just seems very Canadian to share. Um, so I tried to create, I tried to use a lot of cards that either when somebody else gets something you get something, or when you get something somebody else gets something. So I tried to do a lot of a lot of that sort of thing. So uh, like for example, uh, in the card draw, uh, one of the cards I have is cut a deal. So each opponent draws a card and then you draw a card for each opponent who drew a card this way. Trying to make that sort of thing work, uh, I've included Humble Defector in here as well as <laughs> another option. Um, just all you know and all sorts of things along those lines um the ramp package it probably doesn't hit it quite as hard as i wanted it to but it does have mana flare and spectral searchlight is there treasure napper is part of that let's share uh you know i'm borrowing your artifacts to tap for mana but i'm going to give them back <laughs> you're not going to lose anything on this deal i'm just going to get something yeah so i thought that was uh that was kind of nice um and uh yeah, and same with the same with the token setups. Um like one of my token creators is Alliance of Arms. So starting with you, each player may pay any amount of mana. Each player puts a X one one white soldier creature tokens on the battlefield, where X is the total amount of mana paid this way. Oh neat. So it's your you know, it's your
0: universal healthcare right there.
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> everybody you know, I'm gonna make X five. So I'm going to pay five mana.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, everybody's already getting five one ones. So it's just a matter of do you want more? Right. So let's all get more. Yeah. Um, so it, I thought that was a,
0: a nice setup. Um, I like too that, that I mean, like you said before, this kind of comes back on the goad thing too, where like, you you have more ways to use your own creatures than or your own tokens than your opponent. So like if you're forcing your opponent to attack with those tokens at other people, great. Right. You don't have oh. to worry about them pumping uh, all, it up. All
1: the more reason, you know, if I've got an opponent who doesn't have creatures to be goaded, well here, have some creatures, and now I'm going to I'm going to force you to attack with them. The removal package is primarily it's it, it's awfully hard to say destroy all, destroy <laughs> all of something and still fit the Canadian theme, but um what I did do was at least try and tie it up, tie it so that a lot of the um, a lot of the removal will get me a token. know, yeah. so cards like Marshall Coup and Phyrexian Rebirth. I'm surprised uh,
0: to not see the the Bruce Special uh, attempt with Vengeance
1: in here. It was it was something that I considered, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I just I opted for a few other things. I've got time for vengeance in, 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 in other acts. <laughs> I, I want to try something a little different. Um, another one, I uh, as far as the land package, um, I went with the snow covered mountains and snow covered plains for obvious reasons. <laughs> and I thought, you know, if I'm going to do this, then why wouldn't I include extra planar lens? Most of the time, when people are including snow covered lands, they're using it with, with an extra planar, extra planar lens. Yeah to prevent any other opponents who are running those, that same type of basic from getting the benefit. So, uh, I've included the extra planar lens here.
0: Smarter man than I.
1: Um, and also, uh, tying into the sharing aspect, uh, Forbidden Orchard is here. So, Classic. Uh, you know, tap a mana here. Have a creature. And more importantly, Rainbow Vale is in here. Uh, for those of you who don't know Rainbow Vale, uh, it's a land from Fallen Empires. It says, tap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. However, control of Rainbow ba- Rainbow Veil vale passes to an, to an opponent of your choice at the end of the turn. So, oh, hey. Now, this sort of thing, of course, can backfire if you give it to someone. They don't necessarily have to give it back to you when they use it. They can give it to someone else, or they can choose not to use it. But ideally, you give it to the person who has the least amount of mana. Yeah, yeah. And try and build an understanding that you know we could pass this back and forth, and as long as you're passing it back and forth and using it each turn, it's like both of you have it.
0: I mean, it's so, like uh, it's like humble defector, but a land.
1: Yes, you just need to find the right person to share it with, <laughs> um, and just sort of go along that line. So, I mean, ideally, what the I mean the decks the decks road to a win is I mean. the most part you're goading your opponents Mm -hmm. um you you are hoping to have your opponents do most of the work for you um which isn't ideal but it's there um and that's sort of how i'm going to go about doing this uh the other option of course is that with token uh, with the token creatures that you'll be creating that you'll be able to uh, uh use your token creatures as a way to get in now the way you can tell that this is a first pass there's no real way to pump these tokens. <laughs> um, there's not, uh, you know, there's not a lot of subtlety here. Mm. I'm hammering the theme really hard, and I will say that after a couple of games, I will probably, I would probably make significant changes. Um, I think, uh, Oh, what's the card? It gives all creatures a plus and plus one counter when it comes into play. Cathars Crusade.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Like Cathars Crusade is not in here, um, and it probably should be. Uh, I do have Divine Visitation, but um, there are plenty of other ways to pump up your tokens, uh, your token creatures, that should be considered. Now, um, the other part with Ellen Harbreeze, it it just says tokens. It doesn't say token creatures. So uh, a lot of the ramp uh, gets you treasure, a lot of the card draw gets you clues, Um, anytime that I thought I had an opportunity to do what I wanted to do and somehow add a token to it. I did it so um, So it it goes through there um, and But I will say to be fair a lot of the cards individually They don't follow that Canada theme quite as much as I really wanted it to uh, It's awfully, you know, um, I mean I Don't think death kiss it really, really fits into any kind of Canada theme at all, um, but it's in there. So, uh... yeah, I mean, it's
0: it's nifty. It's a nifty little card that does the goad thing, yeah. which is kind of you know obviously why you have it in there, right? It does yeah, it does. Okay, yeah. It, it's it's a sweet little deck. It's uh, especially for a first pass. I mean, I think like like you said. Um, it it does its thing. It makes tokens. Right. Uh, whether or not those tokens are can sustain the deck is up to a few plays. Um, and, I mean, outside of that, you have 21 other creatures. So, like, you know, it's not terrible. It's a little low. But I think, like, right. that's where you kind of play it and see what comes in and goes out. Right. Um, but I think, like... I, I like the I like the sharing aspect, um, yeah. especially as, I mean, a casual commander player. Uh, and I, I like that, I mean, there are plenty of other cards that do these types of things as well.
1: Um, there's a... So I was saying, one of the other cards that I was thinking about when you talked about sharing, mm-hmm. um, and it was something that, it's relatively new, and for whatever reason it had gone under my radar, uh, Flumph. Mm, uh a 0-4 flying defender, uh, whenever flump is dealt damage, you and target opponent each draw a card. Now, you can have an opponent intentionally swinging 1-1 one, one your way.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. they want you to block with flump so that you and that opponent can draw a card. And, you know, quite a, it's an easy agreement to come to, it works out really well, uh, but just keep in mind uh, when flump is still damaged you and target opponent each draw a card it doesn't necessarily have to be the guy who swung at you mm. so if someone swings at you and you block with flump you can then draw you can then draw a card and have a different opponent draw a card I love this I love this the you know that flump is great yeah especially Flumph at a winner. zero four like it's it's hard to kill yeah, well, yeah, it's not the yeah, it's not the easiest thing to kill with combat. So, mm-hmm. the other card that, that I've seen a lot lately, and uh, just decided it would go well in this deck because of what it does, uh, because it produces two different kinds of tokens. Um, Master of Ceremonies. So, Master of Ceremonies is a four-mana uh, Rhino Druid <laughs> uh, who is a three-four, and it's it says at the beginning of your upkeep. Each opponent chooses money, friends, or secrets. Pardon me. Uh, For each player who chose money, you and that player each create a treasure token. For each player who chose friends, you and that player each create a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token. And for each player who chose secrets, you and that player each draw a card. So, one, carry a sharing. Very, I it very, very, very Canadian to be offering up <laughs> all of these, all these resources to others to help them along, while collecting a few on their own. Um, and for this deck, you're getting a treasure token, you're getting citizen creature tokens. So, just in the on your upkeep step, mm. you could, in theory, have, get three tokens if your opponents choose.
0: Yeah. That line. And I mean, otherwise, like, the reason you ma- you want to make tokens anyway is to draw a card. So, right. like, it's either make a, a token right so two years later. Where... When they see
1: Master of Ceremonies and Ellen Harper uh, and, and yeah. my commander out there, um, if they choose anything but draw a card, then they are, in essence, like, if you choose the treasure, right, then I get a treasure and a card. Yeah. And that might prove to be a tough pill to swallow. So I suspect be, there will be a whole lot of uh, card draw, but I mean, nothing since I mean, of Ceremonies is going to be out there with the commander all the time. So. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think the the raw end of the deal you get is with the citizens. I mean, like, yeah. it it adds to X, sure, for Ellen Harbury's. but with Ellen Harbreeze, you're drawing one card. Granted, you get to you get to select out of X number of cards, but um, right. I I think it's it's really cool that um, you know, like obviously Ellen Harbreeze would be broken if it was like you know take any of them and put them in your hand or something, but um. Yeah, I, I well, think this I mean, uh, this works really right nicely in that
1: synergy. Yeah, and the other part is if you have a way to make a token on one of your opponent's turns Mm -hmm. like you said either way you're drawing the card Mm. it's just a question of how good the card could be right um so but if you were determined to keep ellen untapped you could just wait for your opponent's last turn um use I, i don't know i think i've got uh i thought i had sacred mesa in here as a token producer but i could be wrong um but if you have something that you can use on your on your opponent's turn Mm -hmm. then you can just wait and even if it means that you just draw the card you draw as opposed to drawing as opposed to holding a mitt full of cards and picking one you go with that yeah yeah
0: i think too uh what's interesting with this is that i mean obviously there's so many token producers out there um and you can go any number of ways with it, um, and obviously you know you want to lean toward instant so that you can activate her on on other people's turns. Right. But say you know with Lena Wild Mage, you get a really good run of of rolls, uh, and you just make so many tokens of one creature. You get that huge attack, and then at the end of the turn, you tap and you get to choose a card off of the top, right? Say ten or six yes. of your library. Um, But um yeah, I think this could probably use a few more like for sure token generators. Um even if it's just like one. You know, like hold up, you know, four mana for uh what is it?
1: Uh I I I heard Sacred Mesa, but obviously it's not on the list. So that would be one card I would Mm. be including just because you can make the make the creatures at any point in time. Mm. Um and I do like that um there are a few mm-hmm. other token producers in there that the white... are part of the ramp package. So you've got Brass's Bounty. Yeah. Um... The
0: White Castle, I think, taps to make a creature with like three mana or something. But, I mean, obviously that's just one. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's really all you want. Um, yeah, this is sweet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of want to... And I mean, against it.
1: It, with Smothering Tithe, mm-hmm. you're making... You are probably making a treasure on at least one of your opponent's turns.
0: Yeah and you know th- this is definitely one of those things where uh, a late game dockside would really come in handy after everyone's been making treasures this whole time or clues or whatever um,
1: right I mean honestly a, late, a, a, late, a later dockside even if it makes six treasures that you don't need mm. that could be all it takes to just refill your to you know I mean, to dig find, in six yeah. deep to find the card you need uh, I mean, honestly, if you're flipping up six cards, you probably should be finding some kind of an answer. Yeah. Um,
0: and I think kind of goes the same, too, with, I mean, a lot of your ramp makes tokens. You've got Curse of Opulence yeah. and you've got Brass's Bounty. Uh, Curse of Opulence easily could make three treasures a turn, or three right, treasures right. around. Brass's Bounty could easily make at least seven treasures at yeah. once. Um, but, yeah, it's sweet.
1: Yeah, so, um, like I said, I think think the deck still needs a little more polish, especially on the finish. Um, I think...
0: uh, Ooh, Uh, Impulsive Pilfer. Okay. So, just go with me on this one. Uh, You Encore it from the graveyard, so that exiles it and makes three copies. Yeah, three tokens. Three tokens. Yeah. You attack with them. They yep. die because they have to die at the end of the turn anyway. Right. They may be blocked. They all die. You get three treasures. Yeah. That's six. six. And God, if you have like, uh, what is it, uh, Academy Manufacturer? Uh, you know, yeah. you get no, you get uh, no. You get the three goblins, the three treasures. You get twelve because uh, each treasure would make a food and a clue as well. So. Three, three, and three, and then the right. three goblins. Yeah. So that's 12, but like, you know, that's. You're getting three of At that point, probably a quarter of your deck.
1: Right. Or a quarter of your library. You have right. to choose yeah, a card. Yeah, so now you're going to look at those next 12 cards, pick the best one, and put the remaining 11 on the bottom of your library. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, they're, they're just not, going yeah, to the exactly. bottom. It's not like you're exiling these, they're just going to the bottom. Sweet. Um, and I, uh, I was trying to work out a way with her and, uh, and Grenzo. Mm. Um, but
0: that's, that's a whole lot
1: of hoops to jump through to try yeah. and set up the bottom of your library. So
0: yeah, especially where it's in a random order. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, Grenzo. If you just have enough mana, you can just flip your You're entire library.
1: Him, yeah. So. Um, um, the other one of the other go cards that I was looking at was Spectacular Showdown.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think for once I found a card that has overload, where I'm not just gonna always. Pay the overload. Yeah, uh, this is one where I can definitely see there. Are plenty of times when it's just nope. Pay two. Put a double strike counter on one creature because it just doesn't make sense to put double strike counters on all the creatures and pay seven. Um,
0: yeah, the fact that it's a counter and it only has to—it's only goaded for one turn—is uh-huh. tough. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, yes, somebody's going to take a significant hit, but then those can come at you the following turn (laughs) yeah so you really have to be
0: uh it's got to be strategic in the way that i mean the nice thing about this is that a lot of the older overload cards are x you don't control um you know with uh vandal blast it's uh artifacts you don't control with uh cyclonic rift it's uh non-land permanence you don't control with this it's it would just be all creatures right which is cool so if you've got a board presence it's nice uh but you really have to think about when to play this um especially i mean if you're overloading it for seven mana yeah um it's it's gotta
1: this ain't cheap and at seven it's gotta do something
0: seven at sorcery speed (laughs)
1: right so you're gonna pay seven mana and then you're counting on I assume one of your opponents has a huge pile of creatures. Mm. Um, because if everybody's got a ton of creatures, then all you're doing here is slamming creatures into each other. Um, and I don't know that you necessarily want to do that, but... Yeah. Um, hey. Make it work. So, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> pardon me. So, I, don't, I, I guess don't... the only other piece, the only other thing that I have to say about the deck is, yes, there are a lot of pricey cards in here. Mm. This uh, the cost of this deck is not cheap. Um, however, just keep in mind there is a plateau in here, mm. and I put it in because I have it. Um, you don't have to put it in. You can certainly drop that one. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. we're
0: still here on this side of the the release of double masters. So I mean, hopefully, maybe, probably not, but maybe divine visitation will go down. Maybe dockside extortionist will go down. Right. Uh, we'll see how that sure plays out. But and
1: I mean smothering tides is in the deck as well mm. i didn't hold back right at all right so when you create it uh almost every single uh, you know like i've got 11 ram spells it doesn't need 11 <laughs> i've got 11 card draws it certainly doesn't need that 11 goad spells probably doesn't need that either uh
0: 13 token generators
1: yes there's way too much of each of these so When you build it, feel free to take out some of these. Yeah. And think about, you know, what else do you want the deck to be doing? How else do you want it to react? Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe you're looking for bigger creatures. Maybe you're looking for evasion for the tokens that you have. However, you want to do it. Uh, Just something to keep in mind and a fairly easy way to, I think, and a fairly easy way to bring the, the price of the.
0: the deck down yeah um yeah it's funny it was the first thing i noticed probably because just staring at you at the top of the page um but uh it's also something that i don't really pay attention to when doing these exercises because i'm not generally gonna definitely build these decks um but uh it's it's always interesting to see how they come out uh at the end
1: it's time for a break yeah
0: let's throw it to our break um and we'll hear a word from our sponsor, and when we get back, we'll talk about my deck and our experience with this. We're back. Alright, we're back. back. Uh, welcome back to our season finale of season six. This is episode 70. Se- seven, woo, Seventy. Seventy. Uh... As with every season finale, we make decks based on a theme. We try to really go hard on the theme. Sometimes it works better than others. Uh, you know, we had <laughs> uh, regrettably uh, a, a a germ-themed deck because of the the the, the coronavirus. Uh, what what else did we do? Barbecues. Barbecues. Uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, last season we did uh, spring. Yeah. and now it's summer there we go so we figured canada yeah because yes. i know when i think summertime i think <laughs> canada well i don't want to even imagine wintertime in canada so we're gonna talk about my deck Sounds good. uh my deck um <laughs> i have dubbed blood on the ice because nice. when i think of canada and when i think <laughs> of bruce ah. i think of hockey uh Obviously, the red and white is Canada, but it's also blood and ice. Uh, <clears throat> so, my commander creature is Amber Gristle O'Mall, which, uh, what a name. She's three and a red for a 3 3 dwarf cleric with haste. Whenever she attacks, you, can, you may discard your hand. All seven cards, or I mean more or less. Mm. Uh, if you do, draw a card for each player being attacked. Uh, you know, on its face value, eh, eh. like, you, you, you don't want to keep throwing away cards. Uh, but if you have less than seven, if you have less than how many people you're attacking, it's an upgrade. Uh, and I paired her with Noble Heritage, uh, which is an enchantment for one and a white uh, creature. Commander creatures you own have... When this creature enters the battlefield and at the beginning of your upkeep, each player may put two plus one plus one counters on a creature they control. For each opponent who does, you gain protection from that player until your next turn. Which is pretty sweet. Uh, You can't be targeted, you can't be dealt damage, and you can't be enchanted by anything controlled by that player. Uh, Yeah. So... I got pretty far in this deck and then uh, I needed like about a dozen cards to fill it in. Right. Um, and I realized that what I had uh, didn't really constitute a deck. It was just a collection of cards and lands. Uh, so my first, uh, my first category is don't look at this. It's just uh, 10 cards that help out the deck, kind of smooth things out. It's either uh, ramp or uh, kind of helps with the commander not be so
1: awful. Just just right off the bat, mm-hmm. bag of holding. Mm-hmm. That's a hockey bag. Oh, right off yeah. the bat, there we and go. And the currency converter. Mm-hmm. Every Canadian con- can always tell you exactly how much a Canadian dollar is worth in comparison to the United States. <laughs> thus, currency converter. Yeah. So you're, 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 you're even you're even more on point than you realize. Uh,
0: Which is funny, because both of those two cards do pretty much a very similar thing. Almost the same. Uh, Whenever you discard a card, exile a card from your graveyard, uh, which I believe is the first line on both of them. Yes. Uh, Bag of holding, uh, for two and tap, draw a card, then discard a card. Uh, Or four and tap, and sacrifice the bag, put all the cards exiled with the bag into your hand. Right. Uh, Currency converter, it's the same, but instead of four, tap, and sack, it's tap put a card from currency converter into your graveyard. If it's a land, create a treasure. If it's a non-land, create a 2-2 black rogue creature token, which is sweet. Right. Uh, it's So if you have both of them out, you get to choose which you exile it underneath, but uh, once it's done that, you can't choose otherwise. Right. Um, Ooh,
1: one more. Keeper of the Accord, mm-hmm. yeah, goalkeeper of the Accord. Did I not put that? Oh God, no, I meant there. to put. The, I, meant, of the is there?
0: I meant to put that in the, the, the in players. one of the hockey ones. Oh, okay. Anyway, well, it certainly fits. Yeah, so maybe maybe before uh, maybe yeah. before this is released, I'll I'll switch that up. Uh, you know, I also Soul Ring Boros Signet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, containment Construct helps you with discarding. Th- you're just throwing things away. Uh, if you discard it. If you discard a card, you may exile it from your graveyard. If you do, you may play it this turn. So it's really not too much of discarding. Like, it's really just kind of-
1: It's like madness.
0: It's like madness, which is also why I have Conspiracy Theorist, which mm-hmm. I know, not yeah. know, uh, does also the same thing. Whenever it attacks, you may pay one to discard a card. If you do, draw a card. Whenever you discard one or more non-land cards, you may exile one of them from your graveyard. If you do, you may cast it this turn. Cool. Uh <laughs> thing that I found really funny was Library of Lang, uh, which is a one mana artifact, yeah. skip your discard phase. Sure, so essentially uh,
1: you get to keep unlimited, unlimited hands. size. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, whenever a spell or, I'm gonna just read from the, the card because I don't have the sure. oracle up. Uh, whenever a card or effect forces you to discard a card, you may instead discard that card onto the top of your library. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, uh, isn't that counterintuitive because it says you may discard your hand for Amber and she says if you do draw a card for each player being attacked now if you're going to be drawing more than
1: you well, have in hand,
0: right if you're drawing more than you have then you're discarding then great you're going to discard it to the top of your library draw that and then draw you know if you're attacking two more right. people two more it's great uh Finally, I found a use for Library of Lang. Uh, And um, yeah, so now to the theme of it all. Like I said, two things I know about, the one thing I know about Canada, hockey. Uh, So what is hockey like but fighting? Uh, I've got eight cards in here for fight, uh, whether it's uh, the card references fighting in itself, if it fights creatures or goads, uh, so blood feud pretty obvious. You fight uh, clash of titans, I believe, is also fight disrupt decorum, uh, vengeful ancestor, um, goad, uh, gravitic punch. I just liked the punch factor. Sure. Uh, vengeful ancestor, I feel oh, like I feel like this card should be a lot more. <laughs> it's two red, red, three, four, flying. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, so it's got that that yeah. Titan clause, uh, goad target creature. Whenever a goaded creature attacks, it deals one damage to its controller. Uh, it's spectacular.
1: Now I realize it's holding a mace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, uh, with, from that angle, with that look, it could be a hockey stick. Yeah, right. It could definitely be a hockey stick. Uh,
0: spectacular showdown, obviously. You know, it's very yes. you know it, hockey's a hockey's a big Big uh a big ado. Yeah. Um and uh, you know, what's more than fighting is that you have to get to the goal, another one of my headers. Uh we've got aggression, duelist heritage, ember cleave, lunar frenzy, outmaneuver. So these are things that are either going to disincentivize your opponents from blocking, or trample. <laughs> so right. duelist heritage is really the one that disincentivizes your uh your opponents from blocking just because whenever one or more creatures you uh, creatures attack you may have target attacking creature gain double strike until of turn. note that this does not say one or more of your creatures so you can have your opponent's creatures get double strike during their attack phase ah, it's great that is great very cool uh from i believe uh nukopena commander uh aggression i just thought was a funny card also aggression, because because hockey. Uh, target non land. Sorry, target non wall creature gains first strike and trample, which is an amazing thing. And this is an enchantment. The beginning of its controller's turn, destroy that creature if it did not attack the, that turn. So, uh, it's it's just an excellent little thing. Because if you're going to be attacking and attacking and attacking and attacking yep. anyway, then why would you stop? Uh, First Strike and Tremble is stupid good. Which is why I love Lunar Frenzy so much because for a single red you can do that at instant speed. Uh, And then obviously Pump Axe for whatever. Outmaneuver, same thing. Also kind of hockey flavor with maneuvers. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Lands, of course. I had to do all snow-covered. Also Alpine Meadow, which is the one snow-covered duel. Uh, And I thought Arena would be funny uh, because you don't see this card very often. Uh, for those who don't know, arena was originally a card, which actually, did the book come out before the card? Or did they come uh, out simultaneously? The book uh, included the card. Ah, okay. The card was sold with the book. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know, it's three generic and tap. Tap target creature you control. Target creature of an opponent's choice they control. Uh, so essentially you get to tap your creature an opponent you choose taps a creature they choose, and each of those creatures deals damage equal to its power to each other. So they fight. It's just a fun little doodad uh, that just kind of amps up the fighting aspect. Yeah, well, uh, of it. hey, arena. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. The place you see hockey happen. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, what happens at the end of the fight? Somebody Family. goes somebody goes to the penalty box. So we've got, you know, your your classic uh, suite of 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 removal. creature for yeah. a
1: period of time. Your exactly.
0: your O rings. You've got Banishment yes. Barred Time, which I tried Cast Out, Conclave, Tribunal. Cast Out I just love. Cast Out's Flash. When it enters a battlefield, exile target non land, permanent an opponent controls until cast out leaves, cycle it for a white. Yeah. So it's excellent. And then palace jailer, uh, which does the same thing, but it also, when it enters, you become the monarch. It's too white white for a 2-2. Right. So a four mana 2-2 is all right in my book if it gives you the monarch and exiles a creature yeah. somebody has. Your
1: palace jailer is practically the referee.
0: Yeah. Um, but, you know, all of this to say, this, this, this also kind of leads into the next idea of Canada that I have is that they love the queen. And notably, there's no king. Sure. I mean, you've got the prince and whatever. Yeah. But, uh, so I've my next my next group is royal family. Yeah. Uh, because I couldn't think of anything better. So we've got the Archon of Coronation, which also gives you the monarchy. Uh, as long as you're the monarch, damage doesn't cause you to lose life. Five, five, flying. Amazing. For six? Right. Fantastic. Yeah. I've got the two on-color courts. Mm-hmm. Um, Court of Iron, Court of Grace. Uh, Linden, the steadfast queen. Uh, 3-3 Vidge. Whenever a white creature you control attacks, you gain one life. Sure. I just needed a queen.
1: Um, and I will say... On color. I appreciate... This is a bit of a throwback, so I know that you don't know this. Um, there was a player who played for the Vancouver Canucks many years ago. Uh, he was captain of the team. He led them to the Stanley Cup Finals. They lost to the Rangers that year. His name is Trevor Linden. So, again... Way more on point than you realized. Yeah, no, I, I...
0: Would you believe it that I knew it? I didn't. Uh, and then this card is actually the card that I put first in the deck. Nils, just like, uh, Discipline Enforcer. Because I, I wanted to go more this way with the deck because of the Noble Heritage right? thing. Uh, two and a white for 2-2. Two, two. At the beginning of your end step uh, for each player, put a plus one, plus one counter on up to one target creature that player controls. Each creature with one or more counters on it can't attack you or planeswalkers you control unless its controller pays X where X is the number of counters on that creature. Nice. Uh, also, a fun fact, they can attack you if they just kill Mills. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a fun little uh, propaganda type effect that really plays on uh, the fact that there are just going to be counters out there regardless of your doing anyway. Uh, but you get to put counters on things and at the beginning of your turn because of noble heritage noble heritage uh, other people might be putting counters on their things so just kind of wait until uh, you know you've got a a good amount and put it out palace sentinels you know another monarch thing protector of the crown another monarch thing sure Uh, let's get back to the fun um actually before we get back to the fun oh canada was a uh uh, a title that i had because i just needed things i needed a title i needed a group (laughs) to put all the cold stuff in we got coalition flag because canada loves their flag got goblin snowman because uh i've been told it snows in canada
1: yeah it it snowed once or twice there
0: uh i've got north star probably the most expensive card in this deck It's a four-mana artifact. For four and tap, you may cast one spell this turn by paying its casting cost with any type of mana. Uh, this is the most expensive... Uh, what's it called? Uh, it's a lantern. <laughs> the three mana lantern. The uh, three-mana lantern. Chromatic lantern. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, that's essentially the same thing.
1: Uh, well, the the best part about North Star is you pay four for it, mm-hmm. and then you pay four more to tap it Yeah. Right. to get the ability, which now allows you... To pay colorless. Right. So if you've got a creature that costs three mana, and they're all three colors that you don't have. You can pay seven you can tap and pay four. Right. And then pay three more. So seven instead of three.
0: <laughs> what a deal. Uh, I don't think I need to explain why I put it in the deck. Uh, no. Clearly not for its effect. No. Uh, on thin ice because, well. Hey, hey. Uh, replicating ring because it's a snow artifact. That's the only reason, uh, and then Snowhound because who doesn't love a good doggy? Snowdog. Mm, um, so, back to the fun at yeah. hand. Uh, this this header is called the Hockey Sticks Game. I believe. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know much about hockey, but I figured I'm going to throw some cards together that feel hockey-like. We've got cheering fanatic. Yes. We've got jubilant mascot. Uh, yeah. Now, when I think jubilant mascot and hockey, I think of, obviously... Uh, gritty. Gritty.
1: Yeah, because you don't think of any other mascots. Right. Because most teams, you they don't you don't. Know right. them. Uh, so,
0: yeah. Practice tactics, because hockey. Yeah. Stadium vendors. Yeah. Yes. Stolen strategy. We got mm-hmm. my man, Bruce, because he's Canadian. And uh, do you still play for hockey?
1: Anyway. I haven't played in a while, but...
0: We got uh, Bruce in here, and we got... Uh, brash taunter
1: right the card's great Mm -hmm. and on top of that really fits because to me brash taunter um we live in boston and for those of you who are hockey fans you will know brad Marchand really fits this whole idea uh the brash taunter he's constantly trying to get under other people's skin and i see brash taunter's ability as somebody who's great on the rebound Mm. and you know marshall maybe not the best with the rebounds but he's still pretty good and i think it fits the bill I think, too, uh, Brash
0: Hunter fits both on the ice and in the stadium. Like, I mean, you know, I've been to a few hockey games, uh, and I know that they used to be a little bit more rowdy, but uh, crowds can get pretty rowdy. Yeah. Especially here in Boston. Uh, And then team pennant, obviously. Right. Uh, So now my last category, uh, it's a bit of a quiz for you, Bruce. Okay. Um, Some of these are, I mean, all of them are based on teams. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to read a couple, and you're going to tell me what team they represent. Yeah. There's a single, and I hope it's a hockey team, there's a single one in here that is a bit of a trick. Okay. All right, so we got Sentry Oak, oaken Brawler, um, Indomitable Ancients, All Tree Folk. Yeah.
1: Well, then you're probably talking about the Leafs. Because yeah. it's on. Yeah. The Maple Leafs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, kind of goes with you know Canada and the the Red Leaf. Yeah. Uh, we got Flamekin Brawler. Yeah. Keeper of the Flame.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's Calgary Flames.
0: Right. Uh, we got Terranica and Hactos.
1: This one might be a little bit harder. That's a little tougher. Um, mm, yeah, I think you got me on this one. The
0: Senators. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. because they're they're heavily Greek inspired. Yeah. That and makes sense. The, that makes sense. And then we've got Glinthorn Buccaneer. Buccaneer. Yeah, pirate. Pirate. Isn't there a pirate hockey team? Nope. What? Wait, what's Pittsburgh's team? Penguins. Penguins. Who are the Pittsburgh Pirates? Is that <laughs> baseball? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, saved by the bell. Uh, if you uh, want to build any of these decks, feel free. If you have a deck that you want to share with us, find us on Twitter at FalsePodMTG, email us at FalsePodMTG at gmail.com. It's it's, uh, wonderful to have had another successful season six, uh, the only only season six, Uh, and we'll see you guys in two weeks with season seven, Uh, and you know, between then we've got a a few mini-episodes where we just kind of talk about a thing that we've found inspiring lately in the magic world and uh, we're so excited to share those with you we'll see you in a couple weeks thank you so much for listening we're temple of false pod where decks are not optimized but our plays sure as heck are fun i'm andy i am bruce uh again thank you for listening the past 70 episodes amazing uh have a great night and may your fifth land be the temple
1: oh canada
0: <laughs> wait wait, before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtG. Bruce is at ManaBurned, and I'm at Andy Weekend. though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fit land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!